This is Rudy Giuliani. We're back again. And uh, we're here with chat with the mayor and uh, following up on uh, the show we just did on the 2022 election, where we tried to deal with uh, the overview of it. And in particular, the New York and uh, Pennsylvania races that had the uh, uh, rather interesting, uh, rather interesting debates this week. Uh, that might well have had a big impact on the race. I mean, you, you you get the impression that the debate in Pennsylvania, unless there's something very, very weird going on, is going to have a big, big impact on the race in Pennsylvania since Mr. Fetterman was as inarticulate as the reporter who described it, who was almost dismissed from reporting as a result of it, but turns out to have, if anything, underestimated the nature of his cognitive um, disabilities, which are severe. Um, and, 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 and one wonders how a major political party, his friends and family, can allow uh, someone uh, who can hardly, um, hardly complete a logical sentence how how they uh, can can allow him to uh, run for public office and for a major public office uh, like that. But uh, beyond those two races, there's the entire matter of the Senate itself and the control of the Senate itself, as well as the control of the House of Representatives. Uh, the feeling, the more than the feeling, the polling that I have available. Uh, to me, basically, um, basically shows that the Republicans are going to prevail uh, with regard to the House of Representatives. And it's a question of really a question of the number of seats that it will take. Uh, will it be 510? Will it be 2030? Will it be more than that? Um, Right now, when I look at the what they call the generic ballot, which is a pretty good, um, a pretty good, um, reliable indicator of how the congressional election is going to uh, come out, it seems to me that there's a good chance that the Republican victory in the House will be at the higher end of the ones that we've had over the last 20 years or so. Now, I'm only basing it on the polls here. No, no, I'm not. I'm not only. <laughs> here I am contradicting myself. I'm basing it on, the, on two things. I'm basing it, yes, on the polls, but I'm also, I'm also basing it on uh, the fact that you get the feeling that Republican... Um, Republican concern about the future of the republic under Joe Biden is much greater than the Democratic concern of what would happen if there were a Republican Congress and a Democratic president. If we weren't in such a partisan era, that Democrat vote might even be higher. Because there's sort of like a um, Biden has made so many 
really completely irrational, not, not even, you know, particularly partisan decisions, but irrational, stupid decisions, dangerous decisions that uh, if, a, if we weren't so deeply divided, I think more people would move. But I think the decision making and the result of them has been so profound that there'll be a lot of movement. Um, it's like what happened with Fetterman. Uh, there'll be people that just could never vote for a Republican that will not ever pull, put down a lever for Fetterman because they wouldn't vote for a man who doesn't know what's going on. I mean, you don't vote for somebody because you feel sorry for them, particularly if they're taking on a job they have no right uh, asking for because they lack the critical ingredients for that job, which is an active and, and uh, strong and vibrant uh, intellect gone for now, at least might be able to come back if he rehabilitates. And number two, a, a significant problem in expressing himself in a deliberative body that depends on speeches, negotiation. Um, I don't know. It's like, if you've lost your ability to speak, how can you be a simultaneous translator at the UN? <laughs> you might feel very woke and very sorry for the person, but I'm sorry, you're just going to have to find another job for them. If they can't speak, they can't speak into the microphone in order to translate. I know it sounds stupid, but his nomination was stupid, wasn't it? And it was Sneaky and dishonest. Of course, he hit it. Democrats could have nominated a person of the total capability of doing the job. He might ideologically be as strange. In, I doubt it. I don't know. I can't think, except for Shapiro, who's running for governor. There's nobody else as strange and weird ideologically as he is. I mean, Shapiro and he are like clones. I don't know who's worse. And, and particularly in, in having given us Krasner. Or having had us hang on to Krasny because they supported him, and a good deal of the Democrat Party in in uh, Philadelphia opposed him because they have to live there, and just because you're a member of the Democratic Party doesn't mean you don't get killed. And he has set a record for murder twice now in that great city, and that's that's the kind of record that you have that should mean uh, you should go find another job because you can't do the one that you're presently doing, you're not capable of. There are certain criteria that measure the significance of a job. Um, setting a record that goes back 300 plus years for murder. I do also believe that last year they had more murders than New York and Chicago combined. Chicago is basically a killing field. The New York murders have increased quite dramatically. So um, I would think that Philadelphia and the rest of the state of Pennsylvania is pretty much fed up with Shapiro and Fetterman. I would think so, but we'll have to see. Uh, the other Senate race that uh, could uh, have a lot to do with this, of course, they they all can, although if the Democrats, Republicans hold on to what they have. 
and gain one, then they have a uh, working majority. So, um, or if they lose one and gain two, that's the same thing. So that's why Pennsylvania becomes so important to them, right? So let's say they lose. Let's say they lose Arizona. Well, that's represented right now by a Democrat. So that would not be a net loss. That would be a net win. But if they lost Florida with Rubio, then that would be a net loss. And now they'd have to make up. Right now, they have to hold what they have and win one. If they lose one, they have to hold what they have and win two. If they hold what they have and win two, then they, the majority becomes 52 to 48, which is a little safer. And, uh, and there are people predicting 53 to 47, which would be even safer. But, uh, I, I would say I am persuaded that they're going to make it by a seat. They're going to control the house by a large number of seats. They're going to control the Senate by a seat or at best two. And, uh, because the momentum in the last week, the trip, the trip to uh, Moscow, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about Moscow because of the money, because of the money that, uh, that Biden got from Moscow that they finally explained. I've been, been, I've been, uh, thinking about that money for quite, for quite some time. I really have. But I mean, the reality is, Let's see if we can get it down to the key races. I'm going to take one of my boards here. Ted, could you give me one of my boards, which I like to play with no matter what? No, no, not that one. That's, that's, well, yeah, maybe we should do it by state. Let's have some fun with the map. Let's have some fun with the map. Give me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have some fun with the map. Here we go. Let's see, what do we have here? We got, well, these have been used before, so you'll have to just ignore. This, is, we were, we, this, this map was previously used to describe the three major entry points from the border. But, so let's look at the states. Um, here, we can go with a nice clean one. Um, since I'm a Republican, I'm going to mark them all red, but that doesn't mean they are going to be red. I don't want to waste the time to like color it up too much, right? So we've got uh we've got a race we've got a race right here in New Hampshire, right? That's a that's a a, a Senate race that's in play in doubt. Uh we don't I would like to say the one in New York is, but I can't in good conscience because I love Joe Pinion and he's been a He's been a, a guest on, on the podcast, on, on the show, uh, and he's a, he'd be a much better uh, senator than Schumer. But I would say Albany, we would just have to concede to the uh, party that, uh, that is rotting from the head down. Uh, this is Harrisburg. That's, of course, Pennsylvania. There's, so there's another one. So uh, here are two. 
Here are two that are in doubt, one held by a Democrat. So theoretically, you could lose this one. And as long as you don't lose any others and you pick up one, you're okay. But you never know, right? I mean, it could go the, these are close enough. It could go the other way. Here you have General Baldock and you have Senator Hassan. She was leading by very large margins for quite some time. And now uh, he has made it what everyone would consider to be an even race. This uh, before the, the, the catastrophic debate. This was a uh, two point election for Fetterman. Hard to believe, and many people do believe now, that uh, Oz is ahead by a few points. Now, um, we come down through here, and we don't really have a competitive race. But we could go to Ohio next. It's 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 going to go right down straight south. But here is Ohio. This is Vance and Ryan. And... um, so now I will tell you the only one I'm willing to call right now, and, and a lot of people wouldn't because it is close, but I just have a feeling about I mean, that Trump won this by 10, 11 points. There's a residual of Republican support here. I would call that for the Republicans. I'd say that's a, that's a win. These are toss-ups. That's a win. Uh, I would say the same thing is true down here. If we come down to Atlanta, okay, there's Atlanta. Oh, you want to put them in as, uh, oh, we are. So Ted's going to, Ted's going to be fancy. He's going to keep them uh, undecided. One, two. Okay. So we got a red there. I would say Georgia is uh, definitely Republican. This is really not a contested state. Florida with Rubio. We'll just mark it off just to get it out of the way. Um, now let's go to let's go to Wisconsin, where we have a very important race with uh, Senator Johnson holding on to a seat yeah, for a for a uh, senator who uh, is a very strong defender of President Trump, and I would say he has gone out now to a pretty darn good lead. He's gone out to a pretty darn good lead there. So I would, I would mark that. I would mark that for, uh, for Johnson, right? That's what I say. Okay. So now we go toward the West. I don't know if we're missing any in between. We'll go back and check to make sure. Uh, Nevada is a very, very uh, tight race. Uh, Laxalt and Costas Matzos, I think her name is. Um, I would, I would, I would mark that one. You can black right now. I don't know that I'm ready to. I don't know that I'm ready to. Utah, I would say uh, that Senator Lee is going to pull that out. It could be close, other than it should be, but he'll pull that out. It's a rip. Uh, so now we have Colorado. That's another one. I'll give that to the to the Democrats right now. Unfortunately. 
So now that gives us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Aha. I know, I know, I know. It's eight races that they pretty much consider toss-ups, right? Uh, the black and the blue are hard to notice the difference of, but uh, we, we can't. What would we do in Arizona? I tell you what, Ted, what do you think is going to happen in Arizona? Well, in Arizona, of course, you have the Senate race and the governor's race. If we were to look at the governor's race, Kerry Lake is looking really strong. And the other is much closer. And the other one is much closer. Masters, Masters didn't start looking good until about three or four days ago. That's right, Mayor. And the debate, is there enough time? Is there enough time? And you have Mark Kelly outside of the political ideology, former astronaut. Of course, his wife had that unfortunate incident where she was shot in the face. So those sorts of. So we'll mark that one down black. Now, it's it's hard to see the difference between blue and black, unfortunately. So um, that's okay. We can still do it. So that gives us one, two, three, four, five red. Five red, right? The blues. Is this one still toss up in your opinion? That's still a toss up. I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. I can I, I consider that a toss up. I consider that toss up. I consider uh, Nevada toss up. And Arizona. Democrat. And Denver, Democrat. So we got two Democrats. I would say Colorado and and Phoenix. So now let's 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 see if we find a let's see if we find a pickup. That's becomes really interesting now for us. We find a pickup. Uh, No pickup yet here. For us, because if we uh, if we were to win that, we would take it from the Democrats. We were in New Hampshire. We take it from the Democrats. If they were to win Pennsylvania, they take it from the Republicans. Those are both toss ups. They could cancel each other out. Correct. Right. So let's say uh, that um, let's say that let's say that they pick up Pennsylvania. Let's say that somehow for some weird reason, because it's Halloween. Uh, 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 Oz loses and Fetterman wins. Um, but then if General Baldock would have win, we back where we started. Yes. Even Senate. Yes. So right now we don't call that. Uh, this is a gain of a seat in Ohio. So, so right now, right now we're plus one. If we go over to uh, if we if we go over to Wisconsin, it's holding a seat that makes it um, that makes it plus one. If we go down to Georgia and Walker wins, it's plus two. Rubio doesn't matter. I mean, it remains the same. Now, when we go out here in Denver, they're just holding on to a seat they already have. In uh, Arizona, the Holy Lotus seat they already have. In Salt Lake, uh, um, um, Salt Lake City, we're holding on to a seat we have. Lee is holding on to his seat. And in Carson City, we're picking up a seat. So you see, it could be plus three 
Republican. It could be plus three Republican. It could be and there are fifty conservative estimate, right? You're still not ready. That to could be fifty three, and then it would be on the Democrat side. It would be forty seven. Now, if if they um, if they if they split Harrisburg and New Hampshire. If they split Harrisburg, if they split Pennsylvania and New Hampshire, it remains the same. If they split these, it remains the same. Um, if they were to win both, If they were to win both, my goodness, that would be 55. That would be 55 if they were to win both. And if they were to pick up Nevada, it would be 56. So that's probably the furthest they could go, 56. It would be down to 56. 44, and that would be quite a margin. So my guess is it's going to end up about here. If it gets to this, then you have a really big Democratic, uh, big, big red wave. To get, remember, to get to, to get to 53, so if you, if you pick up, if you pick up uh, if you pick up New Hampshire, you pick up one. Harrisburg means you don't lose anything. Columbus, you pick up two. Georgia, you pick up three. Tallahassee, you don't lose anything. Wisconsin, you don't lose anything. So we're at three. I, I want to clarify something. Mayor, in Ohio, we are. Uh, it is a Republican who is retiring. So oh, I thought it was a Democrat. No, it, is a, it is a Republican. Rob Port- who sometimes oh, you are right. You are right. Some, so take everything down by one. <laughs> this is 52. And again, this is a conservative estimate. And right? this is 55. Because this is you. You're not ready to right. call PA. Right, right, right. Ready. So, some of so it's 53 to 55. So once again, if you, if you win New Hampshire, if you win New Hampshire, you pick up one. If you hold on, that's one for New Hampshire. If you hold on to Harrisburg, you remain the same. If you hold on to Columbus, you remain. Uh, you, uh, if you hold on to Columbus, you remain the same. If you hold on to Madison, you remain the same. If you pick up Georgia, it's plus two. If you pick up, if you hold on to Tallahassee, you, it remains the same. If you if you lose uh, uh, Colorado, it literally means nothing in the sense that you don't lose anything. If you lose uh, uh, Nevada, you lose nothing, right? If you lose, uh, if you lose Arizona, you lose uh, uh, n- nothing. Oh, this was Utah. I'm sorry. If you lose Arizona. 
you lose nothing. The only place you could lose out here, you'd have to lose Utah. Bill uh, Lee would have to Lee would have to lose, and I would say Lee is going to win. So the most likely that we could call right now is two. It's basically uh, fifty-two to forty uh, to to forty-eight. I would say is the most likely. The one that you get in New Hampshire, if you can take it. The one you're going to get in Ohio. Or not get in Ohio, rather, in Georgia. That's where you would pick, that's where you would pick them up. Now, if you get, if you get, um, if you get lucky, and this is totally conceivable, and you pick up uh, Las Vegas, now you're now you're a fifty three, and this is this is let's let's put them in the order in which they're the most doable. The most doable is this one, Ohio. That is going to happen. And that again will be us holding a seat again as uh, uh, Senator Portman is retiring, uh, and so you're saying as far as it comes to open seats, that is the that's most likely to be ours, Ohio. It's technically an open seat, but if, if we were able to keep it, it stay Republican. The next two are Georgia and Pennsylvania in terms of likely. The next one is New Hampshire. And Nevada. About the same. So in terms of flip, all doable. All doable. So that t- that tells you. That tells you that um, the chance of a Republican victory in the Senate is, I would say, I would say for sure a good chance. For sure. Not even. um, Now, here's the caveat to all of this, which is. There's two weeks to go. And two weeks. Two weeks ago today, I think most people would have predicted a fairly narrow but 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 decisive victory in the House. I don't know if that's ever been in doubt with all the flips and flops and turns and don't know that that has at all been in doubt. And uh it probably would have been thought of as the Senate was going to stay uh, tied or maybe even go up one vote for Democrats. But now I would say the odds are moderately big victory in the House, not just moderate, to uh, a small victory in the Senate. Governors, I haven't looked at as carefully. Governors, I haven't looked at as carefully. People, I'm sure, are interested in my opinion of uh, the two big ones. The two big ones are Florida and New York. And I would say Florida is DeSantis all the way against one of the biggest and most dishonest scoundrels in politics, Charlie Crist. I would say New York is... Still, one, you can't call for Republicans, but it's just quite remarkable that you could call it 
pretty close to a toss-up, particularly after um, uh, Zeldin's performance in the last debate, which was quite superior to Hochul's, and Hochul's ridiculous remark that she didn't know why Zeldin was making crime and punishment for crime so important. And, and Mayor, what does it tell you that with 12 days out, uh, Hochul and the Democrats here in New York are, are bringing in the president? You know, his time... Tells him they want to lose. Why would you bring the president? He might not even know he's, he might not even know he's in New York. I, I would say you also, we also should say that the race in, in Michigan is a very big one and become a very, very close one, uh, when it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, the one in Arizona is a big one and looks like Carrie Lake's going to win that one, which might help the, the, the Senate, which might help the Senate win. Um, there are a couple of surprises too, where Democratic governors that, have, that were supposed to win are, are one or two are behind by a point. I'm not exactly sure which ones they are. Um, the race in 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 Austin, Texas, with the uh, uh, I don't know where the Democrats find these people. You know, like Fetterman and O'Rourke, but Robert Francis Beto, Robert Francis O'Rourke, who was born to be president. Uh, it, it looks like. Um, Looks like it looks like it's not going to be a step in his inevitable destiny to the White House. And as much as the media hypes up Stacey Abrams, that's solid red in the governor's race. Oh yeah, yeah, he won that race. I mean, that race is over. I bet that race is over in the absentee balloting. They went too far there with that that that, that Jim Crow stuff, and Jim Crow stuff resulted in more people voting in uh, the state of Georgia than ever before in its history, including black people. <laughs> So I think that's a pretty good. I think that's a pretty good analysis of it. And I guess the question becomes: What could happen between now and then that would change it a lot, right? But I don't think it can change it dramatically. I think that what could happen is you, you could go back to where you were two weeks ago and have a much more competitive race in the Senate, which might go to the Dems or the Republicans, or might remain tied. You might, it could go back to that. I don't think it will, but you never know. And the, and the House, the numbers could come down a bit, but I think the House is now inevitably Republican, and the Senate is probably Republican. And um, it'll be a very good thing for the country, because the president needs a check and balance badly. He needs something badly. Um, I think you know from if you listen to me at all that I believe that um, the president should be removed under the 25th amendment I believe he fits the words of the amendment which says that you should seek his removal if he's not capable of carrying out the duties of president of the United States he, um, he has shown any and every indication that he has a diminished uh, capacity to think and to remember and to do the things that a president has to do to keep us safe. And even though Harris is undesirable, you don't get to make that choice. You've got to make an honest decision on that first question. And the honest decision is that um, they should begin the proceedings, the constitutional proceedings to remove him, which, um, which are always very jarring and always very um, difficult 
But I fear that if we don't do it, we will get into a lazy pattern of allowing these uh, people who are very unwilling to give up power whenever they have to, to continue to do that and play this game in the, in the future. Uh, so I think we move on. But that's got to get decided now at the ballot box uh, in just in just two weeks. Uh, of course, vote. Make sure you vote, and make sure that uh, that that you that you say to yourself that you're not going to let anybody in any way discourage you from doing that. It's critically important that you uh, exercise your ballot, and anything goes wrong, you report it because. We sure don't want to see the same thing as last time happened. Mayor, what would you say to some folks, maybe even some Republicans, uh, some voters in Pennsylvania who may have been uh, strong supporters of President Trump, who uh, they look at Dr. Oz as maybe untested? You know, are they, some of them are even questioned if he is conservative. Uh, what would you say to those voters ahead of the midterms? A lot of people get elected to the Senate that were untested and turn out to be great senators. President Trump was untested, and he turned out to be a great president from the conservative point of view, for sure. Um, I don't think that that's, first of all, I don't think experience in the Senate means that much. There's nothing you particularly do in the Senate that's intricate. I'm I'm not saying you, you don't do something extraordinarily important. You vote on the most important legislation in the world. You take positions and can have influence over some of the most important decisions in the world. But it isn't a job where you need to be there for 20 years to understand it. Uh, a good deal of the job, you, you understand almost intuitively if you've been in politics. And what would you say to voters who may, and how do Republicans keep their voters coming out if they're looking at polling and you're hearing, oh, Republicans, big red wave coming, big red wave coming. What only happens if you get up and go vote? I mean, yeah, there is always a, a fear. Either way, there's a fear. If you, if you are losing, if you're losing too much, there's a fear that nobody will come out and vote because you're, um, you're complacent. You know, we're going to win. What the heck? But people like to join a, I think that's a little less true than the other way around because people like to join a victory. So they like to say, they think somebody's going to win and they marginally even like that person. They want to vote for them and say, yeah, I voted for person at one. Uh, I think you, you I, I think the vote that's unaffected by it is the Democratic vote in New York, unfortunately. But we'll see. I think that I think that they will come out to vote in large numbers. Um, and I think the enthusiasm level on the Democratic side, we should be more precise about that. I think that the enthusiasm level on the Democratic side is going to be hard to pick up. I don't see I don't see. With Obama's uh, Biden's approval rating being down at the forty to thirty-five percent level, that keeps people away rather than sends them there. And um, so, in a state like New York, Mayor, uh, you know, President Biden has tried to paint himself as kind of a blue-collar Joe. Will that work? They haven't come into upstate New York. Will this work? Well, Trump beat him in upstate New York. I don't see how he. Turns that, I mean, if anything, he's much more unpopular than he was when he ran among the people who voted against him or had the, or had the desire to vote against him. 
So his vote, his vote in Long, in Long Island and his, um, the vote, the vote out, out in upstate New York. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to take him anywhere, you take him like New York City or you take him to the middle of Philadelphia or the middle of Chicago where you've got the solid Democratic vote and you want to bring some some home. I would not take him to a neutral or Republican area if I were them, but I'm not them. And therefore, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> what, what factor do you think former President Barack Obama could play or is going to play? for the Democrat Party down the home stretch. We know he's visiting uh, or putting out messages to places like Michigan on behalf of incumbent Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, um, do you think there are places where he can help the Democrats? I guess, I guess if they pick Democratic districts that are still very loyal to him, that, that'll be places where he could help. But I think the, 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 the uh, nowadays, you go to your place and the rest of the press lets you know that you're there including the people who dislike you, then find it out. And therefore, they're going to come out in much larger numbers. So, I mean, there's, there's no easy question to it. There never is when a president gets himself in the negative numbers. And what do you, and what, what do you anticipate will be the top two issues? We, right, the economy is really seems to be driving. Uh, crime. Back to the economy and crime. And if you might want to make it three issues, it gets harder. Do you think the culture wars, how much of the, kind of the ongoing culture wars, you know, whether it's the, tra- you know, the transgender issue, um, some of the uh, censorship we're seeing on college campuses, do you think those sorts of things are, are moving people? Yes, I think they're moving people. But I think that, 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 that the cr- crime in the economy has been so much a part of our headlines, so much a part of our coverage, conservative, liberal media, woke media, whatever, that, that those will be the two driving issues. And uh, if you're right on both of them, you're going to win big. If you're right on one of them, the one to be right on, well, in New York City, it would be crime. Are Democrats overplaying their hand on an issue like abortion? You're seeing them talk about that a lot in some of these districts. Is it one, because they, they can't defend some of these other big issues? Uh, or is it, is it two, they really think this is something a majority of Americans kind of put as their top issue? Or is something else happening? I think Democrats are hoping that they can revive it as a subject, as a, it is a subject and it's on the polls and it's at a fairly, you know, a fairly substantial margin, although it is down to 8% in some. Uh, I wouldn't, I, if I were the Democrats, I would not give up on it. I think all told their, their uh, repetition of it has hurt them. But if they, I'd almost want to look for new and more creative ways to say the same thing because it is the issue they're going to have to convince people on. That's the only thing they have going for them because I don't think they're going to sell themselves on crime or uh, the economy, meaning the government economy. It's at least... Uh, at least the guess that I could muster at this point. And, and so we want to get through the midterms, of course, Mayor, but looking ahead to the, the, the day after, the morning after, do you anticipate, maybe it depends on how, how election day goes, do you anticipate an immediate push uh, to 
from the Democrat Party to keep Joe Biden from running for reelection? No, I don't unless something happens. But I think it'll happen. It'll happen in the next uh, two years. I don't see the Democratic Party letting him be the standard bearer of the party. I mean, he's too sick. He's too. Um, he, is, he doesn't look like the kind of person that uh, needs him. But he, you know, we'll see. And will, will somebody like can somebody like Kamala Harris? Uh, does is someone like that? Do you think that she could appeal to a broader base of Americans? Going into 24, or will the Democrats be looking elsewhere, maybe to somebody like Secretary of State Pete Boot Edge Edge? <laughs> I think they've destroyed Kamala Harris. I think Who's they've destroyed they? the, the press. The, pre- the press that loves them has destroyed Kamala. They cover her problems much more than they do his. And people are aware of it. And I think that that coverage has defined her publicly. And it's very hard to work your way out of a definition like that. Quite something, right? I mean, this is someone, Kamala Harris, who made her announcement, I believe, in Oakland, California. And at that time, a lot of the press were with her and calling oh, yeah, her yeah, yeah. You know, the next president. Soros's son donated the most money to her. She was, a, she was I don't know if she was ever a front runner, but she was a strong contender. And then um, Tulsi Gabbard destroyed her. So speaking of Tulsi Gabbard, what do you make of having someone like Tulsi Gabbard switching from the Democrat Party over uh, as opposed to someone like, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of maybe, I don't know if we call them old school Democrats. You know, I like to refer to them as my father's Democrat Party. Right, right. They don't see, they don't align themselves. They don't see a lot in common with some of today's far left. They don't, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not big with uh, Bush and, uh, and AOC, and they're not big with that. Yeah. So, how do they vote? And, and that's the the million dollar question. Who uh, are, are is the, today's Democrat Party? Are they waking up to the fact that they may be losing some of these voters, as they did to Trump? And so, maybe they're trying to shift messaging to bring them back. Try to put out someone like President Biden, who's trying to paint himself as you know Scranton Joe. Uh, are they panicking? Do you think ahead of the midterms? Sure. I mean, he's, fight, he's fighting for his life uh, to the extent that he can. I don't know how much he knows about what's going on, but he, uh, I don't think he's going to run. I, mean, I think he's going to want to, but I don't think his physical and mental capacity will be there. It is, after all, an illness that gets worse. It's not an illness. He doesn't have a, um, you know, you take a look at Fetterman, for example. Fetterman has the possibility of improving. Uh, not likely given the kind of illness it was, but he has a possibility of improving. But Trump has had so many from so young, it's hard. So I would like to, uh, I'd like to say to everyone that um, organize yourself so you're going to vote. You remember last time, and by last time I mean 2020, not 21, uh, there were, large deficits in some places in terms of people that didn't vote. I think those people feel very sorry right now. This isn't time to make up for it. If you've got strong convictions about this thing, don't keep it between yourself and yourself. This is, this is something that you owe to your federal citizens to make a decision here. Uh, watch you know, as many of these newspaper programs as you can or read what you can. 
So you get an idea of the candidates, including the local ones, and don't neglect the local government. That's going to have a lot more to do with how we how we come out of everything. And so we need your support to do that. And, and Mayor, how can listeners, viewers uh, keep up with you uh, as we get closer to this election? Uh, we know you're putting out content, content constantly, uh, fighting the good fight, uh, you know, mobilizing good patriotic Americans uh, to come out and exercise their uh, their right to vote. Uh, how can they stay in touch with you? I know social media, some of your platforms, um, um, uh, your website. I think the way to do it is to go to RudyGiulianiCS.com and uh, and send us what you what we need to see there. What does the CS stand for? Common sense. <laughs> that is lacking uh, greatly in the United States. It's lacking greatly. We desperately need common sense. Of course, you're on, on social media, across platforms. You can follow the mayor on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, Truth Social. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. And there's so many other places to stay in touch with the mayor. Well, I, 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 we're going to have to see how um, this emerges next week. This, this, this was a very uh, important week because of the... Um, because of the debates, and I don't think that the Democrats are going to give them, either one of them, give them another debate. I think they both made it as strong as they could. We'll have it as late as we can and as short as short as we, as short as we can. So here's, is there any reason for the Democrat candidate in Pennsylvania, uh, Shapiro for governor, uh, following such a poor debate performance by Mr. Fetterman, does it serve his any reason for him to go out to try and maybe fix things, uh, protect his own race, and to go out there and uh, uh, debate uh, Mr. Mastriano? Any, any any line of thinking there? Anything there? Is he not? He's not debating, right? Yeah, the, that's a Democrat across the board rule, with a few exceptions, where they're behind or they're just really uh, just naturally aggressive. I would have thought that he, he'd be one of those, but he's not. Uh, so the, the main thing is it's going to rest on the advertising, the appearances, what they know of the two candidates. Mastriano is a, a real American patriot. He, uh, he went out and, um, assisted us when, when my son was running and faced, uh, uh possible threats because of just a little headscarf that he was wearing, uh, given, you know, what he, they, they were playing different things, playing different scenes. So he had to be very, very careful. And he had to, and, the amount of animosity toward Trump, particularly back at the beginning when Andrew was running, is, is was very great. Now that's changed. That's that's. Um, Are people waking up to the realities of the current president? Is that why it's changing? You know, uh, it seems to me, and this just could be a, a a process we're going through. It seems to me that. Randomless crime has taken over now. We end up with these crimes. They're not necessarily uh, the mass shootings, but the smashing grabs in the stores and the people thrown on the subways. And we don't know why. It's just, it's just um, uh, angry behavior, which is something that never led to such consequences before. And I really do think it's 2024 that drove people beyond uh, being a control, controllable by the properly controlled by the laws. 
any any closing remarks here as we as we wrap up another uh, great hour uh, with Mayor Rudy Giuliani? Well, I would say stay stay involved in the election. Don't lose track of it. Don't become uh, uh, complacent, whether you're ahead by too much or behind by too much. Uh, I've seen many of those uh, reversed. Many of the, that momentum. <laughs> momentum depends on whether the people get up off their you know what and go vote. And uh, no one knows exactly what it's going to be. And I would just get up and vote. So I would say that we're at a sort of at the end now. And uh, I want to thank you for, for listening in. And I want to thank you if you, if you, particularly if you respond to RudyGiulianiCS.com and ask me the questions that I'm really interested in conversing with you and going back and forth because I've learned so much from you. You're a source of knowledge. A source of wise decisions. So if you could, if you could send them into me at RudyGiulianiCS.com, you'll help me and you'll help all of us that are working very, very hard to try to preserve the First Amendment. Thank you very much for listening in. Thank you for being part of this. And uh, until the next time, God bless America.